the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The following program is sponsored by Rosenthal Wealth Management. It's time now for Making Money Sense, live with Larry Rosenthal. Larry is recognized as one of the nation's leading financial and retirement planners and is here to answer your questions right now. Author, speaker, and talk show host Larry Rosenthal is dedicated to teaching others financial stewardship from a biblical point of view. Call Larry now. Studio lines are open at 855-ROSE-123. That's 855-767-3123. Making Money Sense is on the air. Welcome to the Larry Rosenthal Show. We appreciate you listening each and every week here on this program. Here's our telephone number, 855-767-3123, 855-ROSE-123. Normally, I would turn it right over to Larry Rosenthal, but today we're doing things just a little bit differently. Over the months and years that we've had this program, there's been many wonderful calls, and it's just a shame that you only get to hear them normally one time. So today... We're going to go back through and listen to some of those calls again, as well as some of the great advice that Larry has given. And so we hope that you'll enjoy this program. Sit back and relax. You can always call this phone number, 855-767-3123, 855-ROSE-123. There'll be somebody there hopefully to answer your call. And if not, there'll be an opportunity for you to leave a message and someone will get right back to you. So welcome to the Larry Rosenthal Show, and let's get underway. Sure. Let's welcome Suzanne on the line. Good morning, Suzanne. How are you today? I'm well, thank you. How can I help you? Um, one quick question about the responsibilities of an executor of a will. Um, this, this is a situation that's going to come up in my family soon. A relative is, um, is, is, is very ill, and my sister, who is the executrix, seems to think that it would be okay to, um, to let an unemployed family member remain in the in the house after this after the relative dies um, I'm wondering does she, it doesn't she have to inform all the creditors this house does have a has have a home equity loan against it yes yeah, she does need to um, she, she she is in a responsible she has to settle the estate so she does have to clear the estate out and it is her responsibility as the executive Executrix to 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 actually function in that capacity and do that and settle the estate out. As far as somebody remaining in the home, um, you know, is is there a fee simple estate attached to the house? Was there some 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 of other document that was presented um, that that may only she knows about? I I don't know. Well, um, actually, the the house had been in trust until this this uh, loan was this mortgage was taken out against it. And uh, she seems to think that she has the option um, not to, you know, as long and her her theory is as long as the as long as the payments are being made on this on this loan, then she should be able to 
do whatever she chooses to do with the house. Uh, Suzanne, I, I would need more information, but I, I think that you're going to have to uh, visit with an attorney who may set up, who may have set up the trust and and different things. There could be um, information in there that that is, is is leading her to believe this that that other people may not know about. But the executor, the executrix, their responsibility is to settle the estate out. They have to disperse the the estate within a, within a reasonable amount of time. Other heirs to to an estate can then. Uh, go to court and protest as to delays and what what's going on here, and, and get the information that way. Um, so the, if, <clears throat> the court enforces this, right? Oh, absolutely, yes. Yeah. If, okay. If if you like what what I can do for you, I can put you on hold, and I can have you uh, visit with one of our attorneys on the phone who can step you through this if you like. Um. No, actually, you've answered. I, I, if the court is going to enforce the terms of the will, then it will go the way it's supposed to go. Yes, that is correct. Okay. All right. Well, thank you very much for your time. Okay, Suzanne. Have a great weekend. Appreciate the phone call. You listen to Making Money Sense, Larry Rosenthal Show. Give us a ring here this morning at 855-ROSE-123. That's 855-767-3123. Let's shoot on over to the, to the district and welcome Renee on the line. Good morning, Renee. How are you? Good morning, Larry. How are you? I'm well. How can I help you today? I'm doing great. I have a question. My mother is going to give her two great grands, $500 a piece. And I would like to know, should I put that in a CD or just put it in the bank? I'm not sure what to do with that. Sure. That's a great question. And it's, it's it's a common question when somebody receives money. Two things. One, how how old are the kids? One would be three. One is three, and one would be three months. Um, the twenty fourth. I'm sorry, the twenty second of this month. Okay, what a great age. Then what? What is Thank the you. objective of of your mom giving the money? Did she express anything that she would like it to be put away for a rainy day? Did she say, "Hey, I'd like this to be put away for maybe college," or "I'd like this to be put away for a first car"? Did she say anything like that? No, my mother's alive. She said she just wants she she wanted her 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 uh, granddaughter to have it. She said, "What should I do? I got this extra money." And I said, "Well, you can always give it to the grandchildren, and well, she... uh, we'll put it in the bank." And I said, "Well, I don't know. Just putting it in the bank is then not is not going to get any you know interest that much interest." Yeah, so Renee, if she didn't say, hey, I want this to go to college or a first car or anything like that, given the age of the kids, I would put it in a well-balanced growth mutual fund, you know, at their age and, and just let it grow over time with the economy. That's exactly what I would do with it. So I need to go go to a bank? It's like the radio. Did you turn your radio up in the background yep, there? Yeah, she needs to. I'm sorry. That's okay. That We've got a little bit of an echo going on there. Renee, I'll tell you what I can do here. If if you if yes, you can go to a bank and visit with them. They have investment people in the banks that can direct you that way, or you can work with a financial advisor um, to to facilitate it. Uh, if you like, I will uh, I'll have someone uh, from from our firm give you a ring, and we can send you out some some information on you know the appropriate things for for young investors, you know minors. 
to do to grow the dollars down the road and, and teach you about the different forms of mutual funds, growth, and, and, and you know, uh, conservative-type funds and stuff like that and give you an investment choice. So we can send you out some literature on that if you'd like. Is, is that the same thing as education fund and mutual fund? Well, an, a mutual fund, sure, a mutual fund can be, that's the investment vehicle. Now, a mutual fund can be inside of an educational fund or outside of an educational fund. That's one of the great advantages of a mutual fund is that you can select the, the type of, of, of uh, plan it goes into. So the answer to your question is yes, a mutual fund can be in or outside of a college plan. Now, how about this? they don't go to college? Can they pull their money out for a car or something when they get 18? They they can. There's there's a couple of different ways. There's a couple of different types of college plans that that you can put money into. One is the traditional college 529 plan, and if you pull the money out for what they call qualified educational expenses, it comes out completely tax free. But if you pull the money out for other things than qualified educational expenses, and a car does not count, okay, then you have to pay taxes plus a 10% penalty. So if you're not sure if it's if the child's going to go to college or not, then you might want to put it into what they call an UGMA account, a Uniform Gift to Minors Act account. And this yeah. way you can pull the money out for anything that the child wants. Oh, However, really? in this, yeah, exactly. However, in this case, when the child's 18, it's legally their money, okay? Um, okay. So, so, but the one thing that you mentioned about the product, the mutual funds, they can be inside the college traditional 529 plan, or they can be in that UGMA account that I just described for you. Sounds great. Absolutely. I'll tell you what I'm going to do, Renee. I'm so going to put you. Much. You're welcome. I'm going to put you on hold, and Bob will get some information to you, and we'll shoot you out an email with the differences between an UGMA and a 529 plan. You are listening to Making Money Sense live with Larry Rosenthal. Phone lines are open for your retirement and financial planning questions at 855-ROSE-123. That's 855-767-3123. More Making Money Sense in a moment. Prices and interest rates have started to move up. This may be your last chance to take advantage of low rates and housing bargains. If you're considering purchasing a home within the next year, you need to call Troy Turow at McLean Mortgage First to take advantage of his Loan First program. This can give you a winning bid over the competition, even when you come up against cash offers. The Loan First program will have you fully pre-approved so that you understand all aspects of your loan before you start looking for your dream home. Buy in confidence when you have your Loan First certificate, which shows the seller your loan is already pre-approved, and they can avoid any unnecessary negative surprises at settlement. Troy's been helping homeowners for over 20 years in the D.C. metro area, and he and his team are ready to help you. Call him today at 571-490-7117. That's 571-490-7117 for your loan first pre-approved certificate, 571-490-7117, or simply visit his website at anyhomeloans.com. Remember, you want control when you're making an offer on a home. Get your loan first certificate. Call Troy Turow at McLean Mortgage, 571-490-7117. Troy Turow and McLean Mortgage Corporations, NMLS number 5618 and 99665. 
You are listening to the Larry Rosenthal Show, a very special edition today. We're going back and listening to some of the calls that we've had over the past months and years. But you're still welcome to give us a call. And our phone number here now is 855-767-3123, 855-ROSE-123. Good morning, Gene. How are you? Good. Hi, Larry. I have a question. I have a 403B. I'm a novice at trying to figure out what's going on with my fund, but... Uh, when I go online to Morningstar or any of the uh, online uh, websites to look at one-year, three-year, five-year performances, I'll look at the one year, and it might say 13% or 10%. And then when I look at my portfolio, my average might be 5 And um, now I know I have a number of funds. But this has happened year after year, and I'm wondering, uh, probably because I'm ignorant in that area, is it the hidden fees that I don't see uh, that is bringing down that one-year performance that might be 15, 18, 22%, and my average might be 8? I'm just curious. Gene, when you take a look at an individual, first of all, I don't believe that the fees are that high, okay? And and oh, okay. And, and so that's that that's that's not even part of the consideration. But when you take a look at an individual mutual fund, and if it says, hey, over the last twelve months it's done thirteen percent, and your overall portfolio has done eight, that tells me right away that you have some diversification going on in your portfolio. In other words, let's suppose that mutual fund is invested in XYZ sector of the economy, and that fund okay. might represent 25% of your holdings, and it did 13%. Okay. Now, the rest of your portfolio may be invested in ABC, LMN, and DEF parts of the economy, different sectors of the economy. Another sector might have been just flat. So it depends on the mixture that's inside your portfolio, given your risk tolerance. Because if you look at an S&P type of a fund, the S&P carries what we call the standard market risk, which has a level reading of something called beta. It, it means beta is 1.00. But your mixture could be beta 0.7, meaning you're 30% less risky than the market. It depends on your risk acceptance level. But it's probably a good idea to take a look at your overall portfolio and see if things are lined up where they need to be lined up. And we can send you out some information on that, on how to read those things. But on that Morningstar report that you're talking about, Gene, take a look at a couple of lines below it and look at the percentage rank that that fund is within its category over the 1, 3, 5, 7, and, and, or 1, 3, 5, 10-year marks. You want those percentage ranks to be, you know, 20, 25 or less, so it's in the top quartile consistently. Then it goes to the asset class. Is that asset class in favor or out of favor? So it depends on what's inside as far as the asset class goes. Kind of a lot of information there, but that is really the answer to your question. The difference in your performance is not the hidden fees and the funds. That would be way too large. I feel a little bit better, but I am trying to understand what's going on. I'm two years in before I retire, and I'm getting nervous now. <laughs> Absolutely, <laughs> Gene. I I'll, you know, yeah. Yep, I'll tell you what I'm going to do. I'm going to put you on hold, and I'll have one of our advisors send you out some information 
on how to read the internals of the what we're talking about inside your portfolio. It's actually called an X-ray or snapshot of what we do with people when we sit down and show them the answer to this. Okay? Okay. Well, thank All right. you. Absolutely. Appreciate it. Let me put you on hold here. You're listening to Making Money Sense, Larry Rosenthal Show. Hey, give us a ring at 855-ROSE-123 with any of your financial planning or investment questions. Let's shoot on out to Leesburg and welcome Lauren on the line. Good morning, Lauren. How are you today? We didn't shoot too far. We missed her. There we go. (laughs) Thank you. We didn't didn't quite make Leesburg. Now we're there. I I, I didn't have the mouse on the right button there. Sorry, Lauren. How are you? I'm good. How are you? Good. How can I help you today? Well, I have a question um, as to, um, I'll tell you what. I I have a, a person that I use, and he called me, and he said, well, I think uh, I like this stock, and, and I think you ought to buy uh, like 300 shares. And I said, well, um, let me, you know, let me, let me look it up. Let me talk to my brother, who also has, my brother's a multimillionaire, and he has his stock with this same fellow. And, and he knows I passed everything by my brother. And, and I said, I'll call you back. Well, two days later, I get a buy paper in the mail saying he bought 300 shares. And I hadn't called him back. Interesting. Does yeah, he have I, discretionary trading on your account or no? No. Um, you should probably call him back and visit with him about this. And... Um, Talk to him about the understanding of the conversation, and uh-huh. you can probably get it reversed if you like. And it won't cost me anything, will it, to reverse it? It should not. No, it should not. Well, if I tell him I'm going to talk to my brother about it, I know he'll he'll have to do it because he doesn't want to upset my brother. Well, I, I would just call him directly and just say, you know, hey, I think we miscommunicated here. I, I didn't want to buy this stock, and now I see these trades have gone through. You know, uh, how can we fix it? Um, see if it's see if it's in your best interest to either roll it back and fix it or uh, continue moving forward with it. Um, okay. Who knows? Maybe the stock, you know, went up, and you can just say, I've decided I don't want it and sell out of it and make a little bit of money. But give him a call back, and, and uh, maybe there was just a small miscommunication there. I'm sure nothing was done in, intentionally wrong. So just give him a call back and have some dialogue with him on it, okay? Okay, I will do that. Thank you. Absolutely, Lauren. Good luck. Appreciate the phone call. You're listening to Making Money Sense. Give us a call here, 855-ROSE-123. That's 855-ROSE-123. Uh, we're going to take another quick break here. Listen to Making Money Sense. I'm Larry Rosenthal. We'll be back in a moment. Listening to Making Money Sense live with Larry Rosenthal. Phone lines are open for your retirement and financial planning questions at 855 Rose 123. That's 855 767 3123. More Making Money Sense in a moment. ever wanted to be part of something big nonprofit organization called stars children africa do you want to be a part of something that changes a child's life orphans who are high school age who would not have a chance to get education otherwise now you can be part of something that brings hope what we do is we actually pay for the school fees 
For about the cost of a new suit, you can change an orphan's future for a whole year. We pay for the school fees, and that averages around $500 to $550 a year total. That means food, lodging, the teaching, the education part, the the uniform, that whole thing. Call now, 703-201-2494, or go to starschildrenafrica.org. For a dollar and a half a day, one child would be educated for that year in high school. 703-201-2494. Call right now. For $500 a year, you can change an orphan's life. 703-201-2494. You're listening to The Larry Rosenthal Show. This is The Larry Rosenthal Show. Thank you so much for listening today. We have a very special program. We're going back through some of our best calls and some of the calls that you uh, maybe wanted to hear again. If you'd like to dial in, you can do so right now at 855-767-3123, 855-ROSE-123. Welcome to The Larry Rosenthal Show. Shoot on over to Maryland and welcome Catherine on the line. Good morning, Catherine. How are you today? Good morning, Larry. Uh, Larry, I wanted to find out how long, well, I'm 60, I'll be 69 this year, and I have an annuity, but I want to know how long can I pay into this annuity? Catherine, is the annuity an IRA annuity or a non-IRA annuity? It's an IRA. So you can only put money into an IRA as long as you have earned income, and once you're over 70 and a half, you can no longer contribute to an IRA. So it sounds like you have about a year left okay, in order so to I contribute as long as you're working. Yes. Well, I'm not working. I'm in retirement now. Yeah, you need to have earned income when you put the money into an IRA. Are you married? No. Okay. Um, yeah, then, then you're not going to be eligible to put money into that. If you wanted to put money into an annuity or any other, if, if, if you like the annuity as your investment vehicle and you said, hey, you know what, I want to put more money into an annuity, you can. It would just be what's called a non-IRA annuity or a non-qualified annuity. So you can put money into that investment vehicle of choice. It just wouldn't be an IRA. Now, if you stop and take a look at it, the money that you're putting into the IRA, it's tax deductible. Now, if you put money into a non-IRA and choose an annuity vehicle, so you just go open up the same annuity that you have, but it's not an IRA contribution. So now you have two of them. Once the money goes in there, Catherine, it grows tax deferred because the annuity vehicle allows your money inside of it to grow tax deferred for you, meaning that while it's growing, there are no taxes. And another advantage there is you can move money around inside the annuity from different investment uh, sub-accounts and not have to pay capital gains taxes. So it's all going to grow tax-deferred for you. The only difference is when it comes out down the road, you pay your taxes on your gain. So if you like the idea of the annuity being your investment vehicle and you want to contribute to it, you can do that, but it just won't be deemed an IRA contribution. So you just open up another account. And after I, um, I'm, if I'm ready to draw it out at 70 and a half, how would I have know if I'll have enough money to um, last me uh, into my older, older age? So, Catherine, in the annuity contract, you should have there, – there should be some literature for you as to the type of withdrawal program you're allowed to take on the annuity, whether it's a lifetime withdrawal, it's a variable withdrawal, 
It's a withdrawal income stream that still allows you to have ownership of all the cash. So if you ever needed to reach in and pull a lump sum out, you can do so. Or if you're going to annuitize the contract. So so um, you have to look at the, the annuity contract itself to answer that question. I can I can get you, you know, I can have someone give you a call and step you through how to go about doing that for yourself if you like. Um, okay. I'll call your office on Monday. Yeah, that's very important to really uh, to really understand the type of income stream you're going to have. And a lot of annuities now, if you've purchased this annuity, let's say within the last ten years or so, you have you have you could have some of these what they call income protected riders on them. That no matter what happens in the marketplace or what happens in the uh, in the account values of the annuity, it'll it'll continue to pay you out for life. You need to understand the rules of engagement with those. In other words, if, if you withdraw too much in one given year, you could hurt the, the guarantees of it down the road further. So make sure that you understand what the rules are, the parameters of withdrawals that you're allowed to take out each year. And then that annuity will probably just keep on paying for you for a long time to come as long as you stay within those, those parameters for yourself. All right? Okay. Would that include that 5% that they give you? inflation well if if you have a five percent uh, uh, rider on the annuity it could be a, a five percent future growth of, of, of future income protection down the road that that could be what you're talking about uh, there's all different kinds of ones out there and and they're 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 it's almost like splitting hairs one annuity company has something that's very similar to another annuity company but it's slightly different and so before I tell you the way it is, I need to find out what, what type of contract you have, and I need to read through it just a, just a little bit. Just take me five or ten minutes or so. But the, uh, that's what you have to understand is the ultimate answer to your question is what are the rules for that particular annuity contract you have, and then sit down and we'll figure out how to maximize the income for yourself. That sounds great. All right. I Thank appreciate so the phone much. call. Thank you. Absolutely. Yep. Have a, have nice a great day. weekend. Have Thanks. a great weekend. Bye. Absolutely. Let's welcome Sandra on the line. Good morning, Sandra. How are you? Yeah, I wanted to know. Um, uh, a few years time, I'll be fifty. I haven't uh, saved anything towards my retirement yet, and I want to know what will be the best solution or best way to go about it. Sandra, where do you work? I work with a marketing company. Do they have a retirement plan for you? No. Then I need you to start. What I would do is I'd sit down and take a look at your budget and see where you can cut expenses or minimize them from time to time each month and start saving money for yourself. Also, ask yourself if you want to stay in the same house that you're in right now and what is the projection to have that place paid for. Because one day when you ultimately have to retire, either because you can't go back to work or nobody will invite you back, because you know we do age out of our, of our jobs in our 70s and 80s, we need to make sure that housing is affordable and it's and it's comfortable. And without having adequate means right now saved up, we need to hurry up and get on that train of starting to save some dollars. It's not too late. That's the good news. The, the hard part about this whole project right now, Sandra, is getting it off the ground and started for yourself. I'll send you out our financial planning toolkit. I'll put you on hold here, and Bob will get your information. We'll send you out our financial planning toolkit, and it'll help you start – the process of taking a look at your income, your expenses, and start asking some probing, open-ended type questions on what your goals are and your time horizon to go about retiring and how much money that you may need to live off of 
for your retirement uh, goals to be accomplished. So I'm going to go ahead and do that. I'll place you on hold here, and we'll send you out that financial planning toolkit. You listen to Making Money Sense, Larry Rosenthal Show. Give us a ring at 855-ROSE-123. That's 855-767-3123 with any of your investment or planning type questions. You know, in 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 the past, long time ago, I, I, I did this subject here, and, and I thought it would be a ni- nice thing to bring back up again here today, this week, and and that is – you know, what questions should you as investors be asking prospective financial advisors? You know, there's there's lots of them out there. There's many of them, but I just want to knock out some what of the more What you going to do with ones. my money? That's the first yeah, question. Yeah, there you go. There you go. Well, what's going to happen with your money? But, you know, there's there's the the list just goes on and on and on and on. And it's it's interesting um you know, what sparked this was was a couple of weeks ago uh prospective new client came into the office and and they were they were interviewing me and they were asking questions and I was like you know these questions you're asking are just they're not the real questions with me you should you know so I started teaching them these are the the things you should be asking me and these are the things you should be asking others. needless (laughs) to say they're 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 going to join us but but at the end of the day I was like you know why don't you ask these questions and that and that? And they were like, you know, I, I never really thought of that. So I thought, you know what, I'm going to come in, I'm going to put it on the air, and I'm going to say, you know, one of the questions that, that you need to ask, and this sounds kind of basic and, and stuff, but what licenses does the advisor hold? You know, is does the does the advisor have a, a true Series 7 license, or do they just have a Series 6? Yeah, see, we wouldn't even know which series questions to ask or what license. Right, to but ask. you write them down, you take yeah. them back, you do some research. You know, is the is the uh, investment advisor, are they an RIA, registered investment advisor, which has a higher fiduciary uh, standard? You know, what about the regulatory re- record? Look up the, the, the person's regulatory record. What ask about their business background? How long have they been in the field? Just a certified financial planner license. Is that a license or is that a certificate or is that that's a, great... a designation? A CFP is a designation. Okay, you know, certified financial planner is a designation, uh, which I hold and many of our our associates hold as well. You know, it's sort of the 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 the, the top one there. It's a brutal test, but it's it's. Uh, but that's a good it. one, right? That's the, if you've got a CFP, then you're you're on your way as being a, a very. Well, yeah, but it goes it goes along with you know you, you you're sitting down and you're talking to a, a an orthopedic surgeon, and and he goes, yeah, I'm I'm certified and all that stuff, and 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 you're going to be my ninth operation, Chris. <laughs> Come on in, you know. And yeah, and I'll by pass. the way, I haven't done your operation yet, but oh. but I'm going to videotape it so I can oh. show my fiance. Yeah, no thanks. You know, you know, so so yes, yeah, so so talk to people that are degreed up, I guess, you know, or cert- certified up, but at the same time, you know, ask them what's your business background? How long have you been doing this? Here's a very interesting question as well that you can ask prospective financial advisors. You've seen my data. Where do I fit in your bell curve? Am I one of the clients that's going to have the least amount of money with you? Am I one of the clients that's going to have the most amount of money with you? Or am I right in your wheelhouse? You know, where do I fit in that scenario right there? Because, you know, you, you, you definitely want to work with a financial advisor that has been there, done that in your scenario. But isn't there something to be said for young and hungry, so to speak? 
in the, in well, there's the, something that, there's something to be said for competence okay. and being hungry. You can be old and hungry too. You know, sure. when 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 you sit down with somebody, you can you can tell. You know, take take a look at take a look at this. You know, what, what, what you're talking about. Take a look at the uh, the detail to attention that's being paid in the in the meeting in the communication with clients. For example. You know, you can go out to to a restaurant right now, Chris, and you could see a bunch of twenty somethings sitting around in, in in a booth at the restaurant having a meal, and none of them are talking, and all of them are looking down at their phone. <laughs> right? Yeah. They're you know, prob- well, they're probably happened, texting whatever, each other. Right? You, you they right? probably are. But whatever happened to showing up like you want to be nowhere else on on the planet except right there That's in that right. meeting? So Focus. somebody. Exactly. So somebody needs to be focused, taking detailed, extremely detailed notes on all the meeting stuff that's 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 going on so that they can understand it and, and go back and, and refresh and, and things like yeah, that. Yeah, and follow-up is so, really important, too, isn't it? Making sure that you follow through on the things that you... Follow-up is very important in everything, in, in all businesses. Another question to ask advisors is how are they compensated? There's three ways to do it, you know, commissions... Hourly fees and, and asset fee-based. How is your advisor going to get compensated? Ask the advisor to show you an example of a financial plan. You know, a lot of times, unfortunately, in our industry, we'll see a financial plan, and someone will say, yeah, I had this financial plan done in 2009, and we haven't gone back and reviewed it yet. <laughs> well, what good is it? You know, if you want to see an example of a financial plan, go to my website, LarryRosenthal.com, and click on the front page right there. There's a there's an example of a financial plan. Okay. How often and, and, are we supposed to retune those things, Larry? What's a good What's a good? You know, you know, soft different software works different ways. Our plan updates every night. Okay, with with actual balances from all the different investments that that you have with us or outside, it, it rolls in your, you know, your mortgage, everything. It, it puts it all in there together. And it updates it pretty much every night. But how often should you sit down and review it with your financial advisor? That's really that really goes to the relationship end of, of the conversation, Chris. You know, maybe you're the, the the type of client that everything's cruising along fine, and maybe you just need once or twice a year to to have a thirty forty minute phone call with your advisor and do a WebEx meeting. Maybe you need two times a year face to face. Maybe some things are coming up in your life like retirement and you need to meet with your advisor four times over the next nine months to make sure you're ready and prepared for retirement when you retire at the end of the year. So it all goes to the relationship, you know, how often you're meeting with the advisor based off of what's coming up in your financial roadmap. You know, ask, ask the, the, the prospective advisor how many different topics are you going to be covering in a financial plan or how many can you possibly cover in a financial plan we have a 130 point checklist now we don't go through that with everybody because they'd be you know just sitting there going oh my god this is killing me and it would kill me too but but at the same time those are all the different scenarios that have come up in the past that that you know there's more to it than just basically going well here's how much money you have and watch it grow and things like that can we it's revisit the laundry the, list can we revisit the compensation thing again i mean i'm curious about that because if if i'm thinking of bringing somebody on board as a financial planner i would think that i would want them to have skin in the game meaning i would want them to be able to make my stuff grow so they could also be compensated yes that's an asset base fee because but if you were doing it the other way they're not near as motivated because you know, the fees are always the same, I would think. That's just my personal view on it. I guess there are other views. Well, it, 
there's all kinds of views on everything, Chris. I guess it depends on how <laughs> you know? much money you have, too. If you've got a lot of money in there versus a little, you may have a different perspective on it. Well, no, not necessarily. I mean, you know, the the, the clients can work with advisors three different ways in the industry, either hourly fees, commissions. Mm-hmm. You know, hourly fee is 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 the the – Advisor gives you know the 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 advice, and then the client goes back and does it themselves, or does it through their current advisor. It never works out that uh, well so there be, might be because you need to do that. Yeah, you know, but at the same time, if if it's commission, then they have to move your money from one point to another. If it's uh, based off of asset based you know pricing, then then as the account grows, the advisor makes more money too. As if the account goes down, the advisor makes less money. You know, and and at the same time, that's having skin in the game, and that's transparency. You see all the fees, you see everything like mm-hmm. that. So, you know, ask ask your advisor how many meetings per year are you going to meet with him or her. What about their investment methods? Ask the advisor about the investment methods. You know that that could be a very long, lengthy discussion. Um, what what are what are are they they're different? I thought investment was investment. What do you mean by methods? Well, methods. So, so let's suppose you're sitting down and 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 you know, what makes the advisor say, okay, we're going to move part of your money from yeah. here to there. What's that decision making process? What are they weighing? You know, is is housing starts more important than GDP prints? Is ISM manufacturing more important than factory utilization? Or is it all lumped together and reading the tea leaves and see what the overall economy is telling the story? Take a look at, at monetary policy, fiscal policy. Take a look at, you know, growth investments versus value investments, dividends versus non-dividends. What's the investment method? You know, is it top-down? Is it bottom-up? What about is it passive or active? Is it strategic or tactical? How does the advisor go about making the investment decisions along with the client in when they should or shouldn't move money, you know? And and are we going to be fully invested in the market, or are we going to pull back and and have some cash right now? What are all these different investment methods that's going on? What about the advisor's track record, you know? Does the advisor engage with your conversations on generational planning? Ask the advisor, you know, say, how are you going to tie my parents to me to my kids? and make sure everything's tax efficient as assets move from one generation to the next. What about the succession plan? Hey, Mr. and Mrs. Advisor, if if you decide to retire, what's going to happen to me? Right? (laughs) You know, is there a succession plan? Are there younger advisors in the firm? Go to the firm. Check it out. Ask them the question, how many staff people do you have per advisor to support them in their efforts? All different types of things here. Hey, I see we've got to take a quick break here. Give us a ring this morning at 855-ROSE-123. Back in a moment with more of your Making Money Sense. You are listening to Making Money Sense live with Larry Rosenthal. Phone lines are open for your retirement and financial planning questions at 855-ROSE-123. That's 855-767-3123. More Making Money Sense in a moment. He said I've been where you've been before, down every hallway's a slamming door. No way out, no one to come and save me, wasting a life that the good Lord gave. Remember those kids that you keep your kids away from? Those kids that society doesn't seem to know what to do with? That kid you saw on the street corner last week? Remember that kid that, well, you feel sorry for? The dropout. 
the pregnant teen, the drug addict. Those are the kids that Youth for Tomorrow wants to reach. And Youth for Tomorrow has reached nearly 800 children since opening its doors in 1986. That's 800 young men and women helped to become responsible and effective members of society. The founder and chairman of Youth for Tomorrow, former Washington Redskins coach and current NASCAR team owner Joe Gibbs, says if we don't do what we can to influence our young people, there are plenty of others who will in the wrong direction. For more information about Youth for Tomorrow, call 703-368-7995 or go to youthfortomorrow.org. You can help turn a negative into a positive. Call 703-368-7995 or go to youthfortomorrow.org. There must be something in the world. You're listening to The Larry Rosenthal Show. Let's welcome Tracy on the line. Good morning, Tracy. How are you today? Good morning. I'm doing well. How are you? I'm fine. How can I help you? Okay, I have two questions. Um, One, I'm trying to find out if there's a tool out on the web and um, where you can do retirement projections, retirement income. You know, you set up your target... um, to retire, but that number that you're projecting to uh, accomplish, it's based on doing some estimates, you know, what your expenses, what cost things you're planning. And I was wondering if there are any tools on the uh, web, like templates, where you can go and it says, oh, consider these things as you're looking at your retirement income and cost. Yes, Tracy, you can go to my website, LarryRosenthal.com, and we have some calculators there and some tools and things like that. If you wanted to to uh, check it out, you can just go to the resources tab when you go to my website, LarryRosenthal.com, and then click on calculators. And we've got all kinds of financial calculators there, retirement calculators, home, mortgage, taxes, insurance, paychecks, uh, retirement plans, retirement funding as well. So there's, there's okay. probably about 50 or 60 different calculators right there. So go to my website, LarryRosenthal. Pardon me? And so there may be a guide to things to consider when you're looking at your costs when you go into retirement. Yes, actually, I just pulled up the website here on the the studio, and it says, how will retirement impact my living expenses? How much will I need to save for retirement? Are my current retirement savings sufficient? So forth and so on. And it just keeps going on and on about all these little different calculators that we have. So you can go visit my website, LarryRosenthal.com, click on the Resources tab, and then hit the Calculator button, and everything will be right there at your fingertips, okay? Okay. All right. Perfect. So I have yep. a second I'm... question. All you right. We were talking about the Roth, and um, if we have some funds that were from, um, I call them death benefits, um, someone had passed away in a family, but we want to set... Uh, monies aside for our, our, well, they're not kids anymore, they're older, <clears throat> but we want to set it aside for as they branch out, you know, as young adults. But we want it available to them, and I guess there are a lot of different mechanisms to do that, and I, I just wasn't clear on whether a Roth or some other things to consider in order to set the money aside for them, specifically for later. Tracy, the, the, I'm sorry to hear about the loss in your family. 
in order to take some of those proceeds and put it into a Roth IRA for other heirs, those people need to have earned income. If they have earned income, then you can give them that money for them to put into a Roth IRA, providing they don't exceed the income limits, and then you'd have to do a couple of other little things with backdooring the Roth rules. But yes, you can move money into Roth IRAs for them. That's not a problem, as long as they have earned income and they're under 70 and a half years of age. So that's that's pretty easy to do, and we do see a lot of people that, that do that type of stuff to help people get started. Um, now, you also have to assess the situation. Do they need the dollars now, or is it better for them to, to maintain those dollars till down the road? Because the rules on the Roth distribution, in order to get the earnings tax-free, they need to be there for five years or to 59 and a half. Uh, but, yeah, you can go about doing that if you like. Wonderful. Appreciate the phone call. Let's welcome John on the line from Maryland. Good morning, John. How are you today? Good. How are you? Good, good. How can I help you, sir? This is, uh, I'm actually a first-time listener, uh, first-time caller. It's actually a good time. Um, my company last year, I used to, they had a 401K, and they would match half up to 10%. So I put in, obviously, 10% of what I could. And now, since they don't match anymore, I'm thinking about opening up a, a Roth IRA from Vanguard. And I was wondering if I should decrease about the 10% that I used to put in to about 5% and try to max out the Roth IRA uh, up to 5000 a year or if there's any other ways of doing that better. John, does your current company allow you to have a Roth 401k in addition to the traditional side? I'm not sure. I'm not sure. If they, if they allow that to happen, then you can do it all in your 401k plan. And in addition to that, you can also open up a Roth IRA outside. Right. So you, if your cash flow affords you the opportunity, you can save even more money that way, okay? You know, you want to make sure, again, a lot of financial advisors are going to tell you put it all on the pre-tax side. Another chunk of financial advisors are going to tell you to put it all on the post-tax Roth side. I'm in the middle. I feel that you should have money on both sides because I believe you should get some of your money with a tax deduction today and some of the money on the Roth so that you have tax-free income down the road. So take a look and to see what your weighting is on the pre-tax versus the post-tax. But I'm a big fan of both and even a bigger fan of saving more money. First thing I would right. tell you to do is find out if your if your plan, your 401k plan, allows for Roth contributions. Keep the same 10% going in. Just put five on the pre-tax, five on the Roth. Okay, your employer is right. always going to match on the pre-tax side. Okay, so 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 that's where the employer's matching is going. Then, if your cash flow can afford it, go ahead and open up that Roth IRA on your own. Okay. Okay, appreciate it. Absolutely. If you want some literature on all this, I'll, I'll put you on hold, and, and uh, Bob will get your contact information, and we'll send you out some literature on it all. Appreciate the phone call. You're listening to Making Money Sense. Give us a ring at 855-ROSE-123. That's 855-767-3123. You are listening to Making Money Sense live with Larry Rosenthal. Phone lines are open for your retirement and financial planning questions at 855-ROSE-123. That's 855-767-3123. More Making Money Sense in a moment.
housing prices and interest rates have started to move up. This may be your last chance to take advantage of low rates and housing bargains. If you're considering purchasing a home within the next year, you need to call Troy Turow at McLean Mortgage First to take advantage of his Loan First program. This can give you a winning bid over the competition, even when you come up against cash offers. The Loan First program will have you fully pre-approved so that you understand all aspects of your loan before you start looking for your dream home. Buy in confidence when you have your Loan First certificate, which shows the seller your loan is already pre-approved and they can avoid any unnecessary negative surprises at settlement. Troy's been helping homeowners for over 20 years in the D.C. metro area, and he and his team are ready to help you. Call him today at 571-490-7117. That's 571-490-7117 for your Loan First pre-approved certificate, 571-490-7117, or simply visit his website at any anyhomeloans.com. Remember, you want control when you're making an offer on a home. Get your loan first certificate. Call Troy Turow at McLean Mortgage, 571-490-7117. Troy Turow and McLean Mortgage Corporations, NMLS number 5618 and 99665. This is the Larry Rosenthal Show. Now, here's Larry Rosenthal. Good morning, Beth. How are you today? I'm fine. I have a question concerning uh, IRA. Uh, I will be 70 in August. Okay. And I know you said that uh, I heard you talking about something that you can do. Seventy and a half, you have to start withdrawing. Yes. And is there something else that you can do without having to withdraw that? Draw that at seventy and a half. No, you're you have so if you have a traditional IRA that's that's uh, pre-tax money, you have to start taking required minimum distributions. If you don't take them, then you have a 50% tax penalty on what you should have pulled out, plus current income taxes due on what you should have pulled out as well. Now, Mm -hmm. the only way around that is if you say, hey, you know what? I don't need the money. And then you will instruct the custodian. The custodian is the people that hold the money for you, like the mutual fund company or wherever the money is. You can say, you know what, I want you to take my required minimum distribution and I want you to write a check to a charity, like maybe your church, and then that will satisfy your required minimum distribution. You don't have to pay any taxes on it. You don't get any of the money, but it will be written to the church or the charity, and they will get the money. So you can make a charitable donation with the money if you wish. Oh, so to like write a check to my church and I would not have to pay the taxes on it? That's correct, but you cannot write the check. You have to instruct the custodian of the IRA. So like if your IRA is held at a mutual fund company, you would tell that mutual fund company, hey, you know what, I don't want my RMD, my required minimum distribution this year, but I want you to write write what write the check in the amount of my RMD should be and send it right over to my charity, and then that way they will get the money, and you don't have to pay any taxes on it, and it satisfies your RMD, and you don't have to worry about a 50% tax penalty, too. So but that that would be, uh, you only have to take it out, what's that, yearly? Well, it has to be complete. So let's suppose that you do the calculation, and just to do do math easy here, your, your required distribution says you need to pull out $10,000. Okay, Mm -hmm. so you can pull that out monthly throughout the course of the year or in a lump sum. It just all has to be distributed from your IRA by December 31st of that calendar year. Okay. so most people. So let's say if my RMD was ten thousand dollars, like you say, then the rest of the money uh, would I have that's left there? Would I have to pay taxes on it or what? 
No. So you would only have to know the rest of the money that's still sitting in the IRA is still sitting there tax sheltered until next year. Then you have to take out your RMD again next year. But next whatever, year. Okay. Yeah, but whatever is sitting in the IRA is always remaining tax sheltered for you until you pull it out. Until you, you pull it out. That's exactly correct. There's okay. some information on it all I can be happy to send out to you if you like, especially on the charitable donation. If you don't need the money, you can send you can have the custodian send it directly to the charity and then that way you satisfy the RMD requirement and you don't have to pay any taxes. But that's the only way around not paying any taxes on it. Oh, okay. All right, cuz I thought I said I know I would have to pay taxes on it. Yes, you do. Yep, if you okay. put it in your well, pocket, you, you have to much. pay taxes on it. Okay. Okay, Beth, I appreciate the phone call. If you like, I, I can uh, have Bob get some information from you, and we can send you out a, so, some information on it all if you like. All right, thank you. Okay, let me put you on hold. Appreciate the phone call. You listen to Making Money Sense, Larry Rosenthal Show. Give us a ring here this morning with whatever questions you have on your mind, whether it's on uh, college funding or whether it's it's on uh, the economy or RMD required distributions of your IRAs, Roth conversions, insurance needs, whatever it is. Give us a ring on whatever's on your mind today about your investments, your financial planning, estate planning, wills, trust, whatever it is. Hey, I want to change the subject here and talk a little bit about disability insurance. Disability insurance is, is uh, insurance that, that basically if you're sick or injured and you're unable to work, where's your paycheck going to come from? What's going to happen here? And, you know, there's a survey that was just recently out. Seven out of ten people believe that most people need disability insurance, <laughs> yet only one out of three people have it. Okay? Yeah, yeah. So, so there you go, right? You should do, do as I say, not as I do, right? Is it pricey? Is it expensive insurance? It's, it's expensive, and, and it is, um, uh, you know, sometimes it, it's based off of your occupation, on as far as the the pricing of it goes you know so if you have a a a dangerous job yeah, yeah. dangerous job or something like that you know like uh, michael rowe i don't think he's going to get it because he does <laughs> danger jobs right that's right on on that show i used to like that show is that show still on well a lot of reruns are he's doing something new now I'll, okay yeah yep. yep. good so so you know when you when you stop and you take a look at at the ability of somebody to earn you know the 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 a lot of people think, you know, what, well, what's my most important asset? I've got to insure it, you know. Oh, then we insure our home. We insure our cars, you know. And, and, um, but if you think about what insurance does, insurance insures other people. You know, insurance on your home insures the builder to come back in, the fire department, God forbid, to come back in, right? Uh, health insurance insures that you get services. You know, it insures the hospital, the doctor for, you know, pay. But... Disability insurance is really the only insurance that insures you. You're, one of your most valuable assets is your ability to earn income throughout your life. So seriously, something to consider here, disability insurance. Well, Larry, wow, it looks like we're completely out of time once again for another edition of the Larry Rosenthal Show. Telephone number here is 855-767-3123. Have a wonderful week. We'll be back next Saturday with another session of the Larry Rosenthal Show, Making Money Sense.
three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.